The beautiful pine martin is a rarely seen member of the weasel family with a sable-like coat of fur. People have treasured this elusive fur bearer for thousands of years. Come along with martin enthusiast Heather Fraley and learn all about this villain in velvet. Hi, and welcome to the FBCC Nature Journal, the podcast for everyone who loves nature. We are coming to you from the beautiful campus of Flathead Valley Community College at the foot of the Swan Mountain Range of Northwest Montana. I'm John Fraley, longtime instructor in wildlife conservation here at the college, and I also served 40 years with Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Our producer is Colin Burkhart, and thanks to Morgan Ray, the library director, for offering the library as our podcast home. Well, today we will take a fun tour through the active and intense world, and it's very intense, of the American Pine Martin with Martin enthusiast Heather Fraley. Heather, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, John. I'm really glad to be here. Well, that's a full disclosure. You are my daughter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're highly educated in wildlife, and it's just great to have you come on. And tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I have a degree in wildlife biology from the University of Montana. And actually did spend two years here at Flathead Valley Community College and really enjoyed my time here. And then after I got my undergraduate degree in wildlife, I went on to spend five seasons working for the Forest Service as an interpretive ranger. So I spent five seasons interpreting wildlife and telling people all, a lot of really cool facts about different wildlife species. In fact, that uh, visitor center that you interpreted at at Big Mountain, there's a pine martin mounted there. Tell us about that pine martin. Yeah, so that pine martin is actually one that you and I got together. We were pursuing martin at the time. Part of why we wanted to do that was to get one mounted, and now that animal is on permanent loan at the Nature Center at uh, the top of Big Mountain. It's called the Summit Nature Center, and it's a beautiful martin. And how many thousands of people have seen that martin? You know, that's yeah, I mean, so it's, awesome. that's one of the incredible things about that mount is that it's really doing a lot of good educating different people that come through the nature center and other th other reasons that you love pine martin wow where to start on that one i mean <laughs> keep it short <laughs> yeah i'll try so they've been one of my favorite animals since i was a little kid and they just they're incredibly beautiful and they're very you know vicious and impressive predators and they're also very elusive like you rarely see them and it gives them so, sort of this air of mystery or even spirituality to them that is just really incredible. And then the area where they live too. They live in the back country and in, in old growth forest oftentimes, way in the wilderness. And that's a place where I love to spend time. And so just kind of gives me an affinity for them. And you and I have always interacted with them in the Great Bear Wilderness, which we both love. In fact, you even named your own wilderness in there. And we put a little cardboard sign up temporarily while we were in there. <laughs> that's how yep. much. And it, so it's great. And you also have some garments made from Martin that, in fact, the first one I remember making you were only seven. You have a shawl that I modeled after Camille Waite's shawl from the uh, Shoshone. Yeah, and that's, a, that's an heirloom that will hopefully be passed down through the family. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. And so it's, the Martin is this member of this vicious family of weasels. Tell us about some of the other members and what it is about the weasels. Yeah, so the weasel family is kind of characterized by this really impressive ability to prey on other animals so they, they're pretty they're known to be fairly vicious some of the other species that are in that family are the smallest members which are the the least weasel the short-tailed weasel and the long-tailed weasel 
all three of those are, are known for being vicious and kind of having little animal syndrome where they, they feel they're large, even though they're quite small. That's I mean, the first time I've heard that term, little, little animal syndrome. Boy, that fits the weasel to a T. It really does. And then, you know, scale that up. All the, the other members of the family, you've got the mink, the fisher, and the wolverine especially is known for being pretty vicious itself. Otters, been, they've, otters have been attacking people all over the place. Yeah, the I mean, occasionally you'll see an otter that'll attack a dog or or even sometimes a human. So Remember the time we saw a wolverine, up, a wolverine and two kits up on Hidden Lake Overlook? And there was a guy there from back east, and he said, look at the badgers. I said, no, you're the luckiest person in the world. Those are wolverines. <laughs> Those are still the only wolverines I've seen in the wild. Yeah, they're very rare to see, and that's, yeah, that's an incredibly lucky experience. And, and you know, that with, was incredible. And as you said with Martin, not seeing them very often, a lot of that's because they're only around after dark, you know, and so you just don't see them that much. Give us a quick description of this animal, because most of the people that are listening here have probably never seen a Martin. Yeah, so American Martin, it's a, it's a long, kind of slender-bodied, almost like slinky-looking animal. People have described them as looking sort of like a mix between a cat and a fox. So they have these like kind of pointed but slightly rounded ears. They have got a sort of triangular face and long, slender body, fluff, you know, like really fluffy, bushy tail, and very fluffy paws for their size. An incredible coat of fur. I mean, you know, the reason this is called Villain and Velvet is because of the ranger Clyde Foley named Martin Villain and Velvet because he watched Martin kill camp robbers and all kinds of things around his Paola Creek Ranger Station and just felt he actually trapped Martin. The Park Service allowed people to trap Martin then. And it's just so velvety fur. So he called, I thought that was a great descriptor, Villain and Velvet. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, it describes them to a T. Okay, what about their food habits? So Martin are primarily predators of small mammals like voles, mice, red squirrels, things like that. Their main preference, food preference, is the red-backed vole. And they do a lot of hunting under the snow in tunnels in the wintertime, which is called subnivian hunting. Subnivian. Yes. And so they will go through those tunnels where those small voles or mice are hiding and and, uh, trying to keep some thermal cover. And that's where they'll prey on them. Because they have that thin body style that allows them to go into those tunnels. And we're talking about their food habits a little bit. You know, they what I was surprised about recently when I researched this again was that 30% of their summer food can be berries and fruits, and even though they're a, a carnivore. Yeah, that was really interesting to me as well. I mean, it makes sense because that stuff is out there and that they would utilize it. So you can see that they are a little more opportunistic than just a pure carnivore. Yeah, and they're and as, as far as their scavenging habits, I've talked to people who say, oh, I didn't know they were that much of scavenger they are they'll do that too like i was telling you about that study i was reviewing where 10 percent of their diet was moose and elk and somebody's saying you mean they kill moose and elk no they scavenge a dead moose and elk and at one time i up by great northern i got a elk and i had to take several trips to get it out and a pine martin camped right on my elk carcass and was you know growling at me whenever i tried to <laughs> come back and get the quarter so they, they are scavengers as well so just basically, where is the martin distributed then? Yeah, martin are found pretty broadly across North America and as far as Alaska and Canada and up into the Midwest even in the, in the States. So pretty broad distribution. And as far as being density is low, like everybody knows the, that the wolverine has a very naturally low occurring numbers. Well, martin is low for its, especially for its size. Why do you think that is? Well, I would guess it's because of how territorial they are. I mean, they're a solitary and very territorial species, and they act a lot like 
what you would expect an apex carnivore to act, where they have this territory that they defend, they utilize all the resources within it. And so I think that's probably why you find them distributed like less densely than you would expect for their size. I agree. And so we talked about how they'll just eat just about anything. So that one story that happened to me, we had, uh, I was walking up the, the Big River Trail in the, in the Great Bear Wilderness. And I came around a bend and a snowshoe rabbit just ran down the trail right between my legs and out the other side. <laughs> I said, what the heck? And I looked up and there was a Martin chasing it. So I saved its life, basically. But that's a good example of how Martin run down, you know, things that are, actually the snowshoe hair is bigger than the Martin is. So tell us about the, just give us kind of a quick rundown of how they reproduce. So Martin, they actually breed in the summer and they have something really unique, which is called delayed implantation. So the embryo, after they become pregnant, the embryo doesn't implant until a bit later. And so the young are actually born in the spring, that following spring after breeding. And then they mature that summer. And by the time they get to that fall, like September time period, they're adults and they're starting to disperse away from the female. Okay. And, you know, we talked about what preys on Martin. And, you know, we're looking at bald eagles, golden eagles, bobcats, different types of raptors, black bears and so on. How are the raptors preying on Martin affected their entire behavior? Martin are very adverse averse to open spaces and so that comes from having that fear of aerial predation it's very innate it's ingrained in that animal so if they are they need a certain level of canopy cover which would be like thick timber where that they're screened from above if they move across an opening they're going to be moving across that opening pretty quickly to get back into the timber because they're always on the lookout for that aerial predator so if you're in an area that's heavy canopy, you're more likely to see a martin. Keep that in mind when you're up in those higher elevations. And, and so we talked about the predation and that how that affected. The fur of the, of the martin is so shiny and luxurious. It's had a lot of people very interested in it and very valuable and is treasured by the indigenous people. Tell us what podcaster and naturalist, in fact, the writer laureate of Alaska said about the Koyakun's creation story. Yeah, Richard Nelson, who wrote Make Prayers to the Raven, is the is classic book. And in that book, he talks about the Koyakun people who lived in Alaska, their creation story. And in that story, the raven is the creator, and he creates the world. And when he does that, he's wearing a marten skin cap. <laughs> and so you can see how important that species was to the native Alaskans there in that region, and to the point where they included that in their creation story. Well, my one question, Heather, is how did he, if he was just creating the world just then, how did he get the marten skin hat? Well, he had to have created it right then and there, you know? Okay. All right. No, that's a wonderful, and actually Richard Nelson inspired this, this podcast. He passed away in 2019. Yeah, lost one of the greats there. He was incredible. So in folklore then, wrapping it up here, Pine Martin are a symbol of determination, skill and luck, all the components needed to see one of the greatest weasel family members of all. And in mythology of some tribes, Martins are often portrayed as lucky spirits, brave heroes, skilled determined hunters, elusive beauties in the wild. So there's a lot of people put a lot of emphasis and importance in Pine Martin, but if you were going to sum it up Tell us a little bit about your feelings towards this animal that you've spent so much of your time studying. You put together a scientific proposal on this and did all kinds of... Yes, You've handled dozens and dozens of martin. Yeah, I, feel, I can I can actually sex a martin at 20 feet, um, <laughs> whether it's a male or female. I'm not uh, going to be anywhere near that martin vision. when you're doing that. <laughs> well, it's just by sight. You, know, know, you can I'm look kidding. at the size of, of the animal and, and pretty well determine whether it's a male or female. So, But yeah, no, martin are just one of the most incredible animals out there. And, and again, like that, just 
the determination, the fierceness, the way that they defend a, a territory, and then the fact that they have that such elusive nature. Like it, it feels like such a benediction when you see one out there in, in the woods when you're when you're out doing anything that you're doing, hiking, fishing, anything like that. Seeing one is just an incredible experience, and it, it almost has that spiritual feeling to it because you don't see them that often. I agree 100%, and hopefully all you folks out there that have been inspired by this podcast will go look for a pine marten. Remember, they're all, only available mostly at night, but if you go and really be quiet and sit in an area where you have heavy canopy, you might just see one. Remember, they're a lot bigger than squirrels, though, so if you see a small one, it's probably a squirrel. <laughs> Heather Fraley, thank you for coming on. It was a great time. Yeah, thanks so much, John. I really, really had a fun time. That's all the time we have for this episode of the FBCC Nature Journal. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fraley, and I'll see you next time. Hi, this is John Fraley. We wanted to let you know that we'll be taking a hiatus for a time. Beginning in summer of 2021, we've now recorded 73 episodes for people who love nature from our podcast home here in the library of the beautiful Flathead Valley Community College. We've interviewed dozens of naturalists, community leaders, professors, students, and other great guests. We've featured everything from Glacier National Park issues, state parks, dozens of fish and wildlife species, local wilderness and habitat, our gorgeous rivers and sensitive fish species, the Flathead Lake Monster even, and thermal features in Yellowstone National Park. We've learned a lot and had a lot of fun, and we hope you have too. Thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. This is your host, John Fraley, thanking you on behalf of our team, Morgan Ray, Library Director, the incredible Colin Burkhart, our talented producer, and I encourage you to go back and enjoy all 73 podcasts on Apple, Spotify, and other platforms. Thanks again for listening. Mm-hmm.